0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday, a not your average Boston sports podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, you can follow our social pages on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, This week, Eric Bellier is back on Guest Friday as we are talking MLB offseason. Eric, it's been an insane offseason. You know, you can see some trades uh it's been really fun to follow
1: it's been a fun one uh for sure well thanks for having me back this is like our quarterly meeting yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you and me yeah but it's it's yeah it's been a good off season um we're like two months away now from pitchers and catchers which is solid yes. so it's 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 crazy how quick it ends to how how fast it starts up again so mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for it to get
0: going. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, when you're when you're a Mets fan, you know, luxury tax and all that be damned, you know. Uh the Mets it, been,
1: it doesn't exist. It's quite yeah, literally just yeah.
0: not a thing. <laughs> it is so funny that it's like the Mets have been totally active and the Red Sox have been maybe noticeably not very active. Yeah. So we're on equal ends of the spectrum here. Oh yeah.
1: Um now you know how I felt in like 2018 like, yeah. it was just you're well, you're in my shoes now. I wish I could have some sympathy but
0: yeah, well, you know, it's not to say that the Red Sox have been silent, you know, they've For certainly sure. made For sure. some moves, but I think you know the Mets have made a lot of high profile moves. I mean, I personally would like to start with uh the Carlos Correa saga which I don't even know if it's come to an end yet, you know, with the reports that he, you know, was going to join the Giants. There was some issue with the physical. He joins the Mets. And there's, you know, possibly an issue here. Yeah.
1: Between that and the New York Giants loss on Christmas Eve, it kind of threw a little damper for about an hour because it came out, like, back to back. But, no, so basically what's going on with Correa is that he – the, the, the blip on the screen right now is that he he had an injury with his fibia in his leg back when he was like 19 years old, and he had it reconstructed, and they're not worried about him now. They're worried about how it's going to deteriorate, if it's going to deteriorate. Of course. Because 12 years is a long time, and yeah. $315 million is a lot of money, even yeah. even to a team that doesn't believe in tax brackets. Right. Um, you know, we're recording this on Monday. I know that they resumed talking today. Mm-hmm. They, they took a break uh, for the holiday, um, so they're going to get back going on it. There, the, the difference is here is that um, there's optimism on both ends to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to be a Met. He wants to be here. He wants to play with Lindor, um, and the Mets obviously on on their end they want him here it's not more so the contract itself like the price and the term it's more so rewording it and and mm-hmm. even though none of the front office is in here that, that that's in now was here for but it's a similar thing with David Wright's contract um when he got her when he dealt with his back stuff towards the end of his career they totally reworded the contract mm-hmm. and 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 made it more insurance heavy for the team where they could you know, not necessarily get the money back they're paying, but basically that's what it is, right? That mm-hmm. that the team's able to. It's almost like us going to a doctor's appointment, right? Like you give your insurance, and then you get whatever the deductible is. It's the same thing in this situation. I think it gets done ultimately. Um, Boris is familiar with this. Uh, this happened with JD Martinez when the Mets when when the uh, Sox signed him mm-hmm. to the five year one
0: ten deal. You vaguely remember that,
1: yeah, with his foot. So mm-hmm. it, it's a matter of language, and the Giants just were like, "We're out." There was no, yeah. that was there. So, so the, the the Mets are keeping their head in it, but you know, either way, if if it doesn't work out and he's gone, what they've done this this off is astounding.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, we'll probably circle back to them at some point, but obviously, yeah. you know, the bigger moves, you know, Jacob DeBrom, DeGrom, former Met, goes to the Rangers. You know, Aaron Judge stays with the Yankees.
1: Arson Judge goes to the Giants.
0: Arson Judge goes to the Giants. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, and then, obviously, the shortstop carousel, which uh, has been pretty wild.
1: Yeah. You know, the the, the this was a year where the shortstops there's always once every handful of years where a big crop of one position and arguably the most position most important position on the infield or in the field in general um comes into play and that's what it did here with Bogarts going to uh San Diego basically all the all the shortstops that were on the market have gone different places now um Correa as of 519 on December 26th as a Met. Um, Dansby Swanson's with the Cubbies, and you know, guy and Trey Turner's with the Phillies. So these guys got paid and and they did a great job marketing themselves. And Turner kind of set the market in a sense with his money. Now, not taking anything away from Bogart's, he didn't deserve that many years, in my opinion.
0: No, no. Now I, you're looking I would, at I would agree with that too.
1: Now you're looking at him playing till he's 43 years old. Uh-huh. And and I don't think he's going to play shortstop till he's 43 years old. So they're in a, they kind of set the market. And then Swanson, listen, I'm not a Dansby Swanson believer. I think he's just a product of having a stacked lineup his whole career playing in one where the opportunities are there, but you know, good for him to go to Chicago and try to get the cubbies off the ground again, yeah. Um It was it though once that domino fell, you kind of saw the market take shape. You know the the Rangers. You mentioned Degrom go kind of quickly. He wanted out of New York, I think. No, no offense or butts about it. And listen, he sees a winning vision in them, but they won sixty eight games last year, so Uh they really haven't done much past Jake in terms of the Rangers signing people. So we'll see how that goes. But it was it was the market kind of reacted quick it wasn't one of those long off seasons and we're coming off an off season with the lockout where we really didn't have um a long off season like we do this year but this year it's just been move after move after move and big name after big name this is one of the big free agent markets where there's just a lot of guys this year and next year it's going to be the same thing
0: Mm -hmm. and so you know you mentioned Degrom. If you could talk about like the pitching market a little bit,
1: yeah. So you know the two pitchers that set the market, Jake left early, and and five years of one hundred and seventy five to the Rangers. I think the Rangers were all the only team willing to go five years on on Degromio. He's gonna be he's gonna turn thirty five. I think during spring training, mm-hmm. um, I could be wrong on that, but during the during the season, okay, and he. You know, has made four, uh, less than 40 starts, 39 to be exact, combined the last three years. But mm-hmm. when he's on the mound, he's one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in baseball. Right. So, you know, you're paying for upside. And if he could stay healthy, he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to a winning coach with or manager now with Bruce Bochy in Texas, a young team but you got to see what they, what else they build around them. They really didn't add much offense. Yeah. They paid half a billion dollars for Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager last off season. Yeah. And they also signed Andrew Haney as well, but they're playing in a division with the Astros and the angels are trying to compete. And I'm surprised at how well they've done this off season, making some moves, bolstering areas. They needed to kind of add to uh, mm-hmm. bringing in Red Sox favorite and legend Hunter Renfro and, yeah. um, you know they they were really they're trying to build something, and the Rangers really haven't attacked much after Jake. It's just been quiet minor league guys and Andrew Haney too. So that's that's kind of where Texas is. And then you mentioned Verlander. Um, I was as, as a fan, I was believing that Degrom was going to come back, but you could kind of tell that he did he wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. So once I heard that, I was like, all right, you know Verlander can come here.
0: Yeah. And then
1: they gave him the, what I refer to as the Scherzer deal. It's basically identical to what Scherzer got from the Mets last off season. Mm-hmm. So $43 million for the reigning AL Cy Young award winner annually. Mm-hmm. Um, brings a winning culture that's already in that clubhouse already after winning a hundred games last year, mm-hmm.
0: 101
1: games last year. And you know, the, what i compare this to and i think you saw it a little bit like verlander is competitive as much like to himself mm-hmm. like he drives himself and, and and scherzer's a nut case you and i have talked about it last year like he's crazy he's nuts um he doesn't want anybody talking to him prior to his starts and and he's but he's, but he's competitive and yeah. those two are going to drive that those guys there are teammates in detroit Mm -hmm. Um, they were going on those deep ALCS runs so a a good signing for the for the Mets you know replacing a guy who's just as dominant with a guy who's has a longer track record than Jake but you know on the same I would say echelon of pitcher
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I definitely agree with that I think that that's a decision where it's like they're really trying to go and win now you know clearly if we're spending, you know, as, and, as, and as much money as they've spent.
1: And you mentioned that, and I've said this, you know, pretty consistently is that mm-hmm. the Mets don't really have a lot of money locked up past 2025. Like the next two years, the number staggering, but as of right now, they only have like 120 ish million committed for the 2025 payroll, which is not a lot. No. So, so, they're building a team where they could do this again next year and the year after where the, you know, the, the roof's on fire that they're, they're spending so much, but yeah. they're short term. It's staggering. Long-term. It's not at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's like another team that has like kind of gone on a big spending spree. The Phillies. Oh, well, know, yeah. the,
1: the, the Phillies did, um, they brought in Trey Turner, who it was rumored basically from the start of the season that he was going to be going to Philly. Um, he's best friends with Bryce Harper. Their mm-hmm. wives are best friends. And and they, they're they able to bring in a guy that, that's kind of the position that they've been lacking, is a, is a shortstop like that and a leadoff hitter like that. Mm-hmm. I found it absurd that Schwarber was leading off for them in the playoffs. Um, and you bring in a guy who could bat 300 steal 30, 40 bags and, and also can hit with pop too. So, you know, he, him coming into that kind of changes it. And they also added Taiwan Walker, another former Met, you know, $73 million interested to see how the ballpark plays into that. He's a big pitch to contact guy. He's not a big strikeout guy. And, and citizens bank park is small. So I'm curious to see how his home starts go, but a guy who was a fan favorite, and and when Degrom and Scherzer were down last year, Taiwan kind of held down the fort. Where where without him, the Mets wouldn't have been in the position they were in all year, competing as long as they did into the you know winning a hundred games. So good for Taiwan. Um, I wanted him back, but. Stinks to see him go to Philly because now I have to hate a guy I, I've I've really enjoyed watching the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and then the Yankees too. You know, you bring uh, Arson's brother, twin brother, in Aaron, and I kind of figured that was going to happen. I feel as if the Giants, looking back on it, whoever the uh, judge's agent is, kind of leaked that as like a the the Yankees trying to you know trying to up the Yankees offer and. That's what if you listen to what he said. That's what happened. Hal got on. Hal Steinbrenner got on the phone with him and was like, "Listen, we want you to be a Yankee," and gave him the years he wanted, the money he wanted, and he's the I think it's the sixteenth captain now in Yankee history. So, and then bringing Rodon in, who you know, the Yankees now have a top a top five rotation in baseball. You basically slide Nestor Cortez to the three spot. And you're bringing in a high strikeout guy in Rodon to pitch behind Cole. And Mm -hmm. that was one thing they were lacking last year. was that they traded for Frankie Montes, who got hurt and didn't perform well. Um, And then, you know, you had Severino hurt. And Mm -hmm. Domingo Herman was a little bit all over the place. So now you're adding some stability to to the rotation of Rodon, of Cole, Rodon, and Cortez. And you could fill in the last two guys you need there, whether it's Mm -hmm. Herman or severino or you know Montes. i have a feeling Montes is going to be in the rotation anyway just Mm -hmm. because of the fact that you traded a lot for him so you gotta you gotta try to get something out of him and and they've done a great job kind of adding to it i'd like to see them add more offense because you're running the same team out there offensively that got to the playoffs but i still don't think they're better than houston so they did a good job but they still have some work to do i think
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of looking at what the what the Red Sox have done you know and I feel like I've said this on the on the regular podcast a bunch that you know if they're able to bring Bogarts back I'd be pretty happy with their offseason though yeah. like, some of the guys they brought in I've liked I mean I think that Yoshida contract is probably a little bit bigger than I would like yeah but I like him as a player I like Kenley Jansen I like Justin Turner you know I don't really have any issue with any of the guys they brought in it's just like I feel like the they have made things harder on themselves by letting Bogarts go and you know whose fault that is is kind of you know that that's been talked about time and time again
1: right I I first and foremost am the biggest Justin Turner guy you'll find when the Mets cut him in 2013 I was very mad and and he kind of made his career and. in LA knows what it takes to play on a big stage and mm-hmm. everybody who's played with him will tell you how much they love him yeah so you're getting a good locker room guy the guy that the socks brought over from Japan now you paid him a lot but mm-hmm. you're paying him to get on base and right. he, he doesn't strike out he makes a lot of contact and mm-hmm. anything can happen especially now with the new rules with the shift banning the shift and only two guys are allowed on each side of second base at one time it's a um it's staggering now and I know Sox fans get the get the nightmares returning from the rusny Castillo deal. Yeah. But this is a guy that has proved he can hit and proved he can get on pace. So we'll see what he could do there. I, I mm-hmm. think he's very talented. Um from what I've seen, you know, I've I've kind of dive you know taken big steps into the um the the Japanese market with Kodai Senga coming over, who's a Met now. And I was interested in the outfielder, not knowing what was really going on as well. And getting to see what he does defensively is much better than, say, a Suzuki in the outfield, who the Cubs paid handsomely last offseason. So I think it's a good signing. The money's staggering, but I think it's a wait-and-see type of approach. Mm -hmm. But we'll see how that goes. And then Kenley Jansen, when he's on, he's on. But you know, last year there were st- st- uh, st- strands of times where, when he was off, he was he was off. Um, one of the better, you know. With that being said, he was when he was consistent. Him and uh, Russell and Glacius, the back end of the Atlanta bullpen, was electric. And a guy who's won a World Series has been in the playoffs how many years in a row? Yeah. Um, so, a good addition, but now I think you know, you mentioned the Xander Bogarts thing, and we touched on it a bit earlier. He what, what hurts even more now is how bad the Mookie bets deal looks. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that in missing Mookie the player, but you know, you DFA Jeter Downs, uh, who I still yeah. think is going to be very good. Yeah. I don't really understand the move all that much. He in, in the cup of coffee he got, he wasn't all that great,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you can't just throw them out. You know what I mean? Like you got to give them every opportunity to fail. And you gave them, right. I think he was in the big leagues, not even 30 games last year. Yeah. So questionable with that, but this is when, when the Sox hired Heim Bloom to run uh, the front office, I said that this is going to be a different time in Boston now in the sense of I'm not going to say they spent like the Yankees, but they always were never afraid to throw out money. You've always saw it. Trading and extending sale, J.D. Martinez. Right. They always paid Poppy handsomely. Right. Um, you know, Bloom comes from a, a, a organization where he managed a $78 million payroll every year right. and made it to the playoffs hand in at night in and night out. That's not what Boston is. That's not the type of sports city um, fans are used to. So
0: right.
1: – I, I feel as if Bloom's gonna have to adjust himself uh in order to make this team more competitive I don't trust Trevor story it's short uh long term he has to stay on the field which has always been a problem for him mm-hmm. um but you saw last year when he plays he's a contributor mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna say they got worse in a way you can m- losing Bogarts but they they have a lot. Of work to do for sure and 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 i think it starts with bloom
0: mm-hmm. um
1: because again you cannot operate in a city like boston that's used to winning with the Sox, with the bees with the season with the patriots mm-hmm. like you're the tampa bay race it's not going to work it's not a sustainable product
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know i think that honestly like when he either got hired or like was months into the job i remember talking with you about that exact same thing after he was hired, where it was like, he's going to come in and he's going to do the job, the only way that he knows how to do the job, which is, you know, run it like Tampa Bay, which, you know, obviously is rubbed a lot of people the wrong way here. Um, But I think me personally, I just would like to see success on the field and whether or not they run the team, however they want, really doesn't matter to me, but I think, you know, clearly the discussion with him and ownership is a, you know, whole thing in and of itself. But yeah, I think I would agree with you that they didn't necessarily get like a lot worse, but it's just like, this was kind of an off season where they kind of needed to get better. And they're still just behind all these other teams in the division.
1: Right. So that's the whole thing is that, you know, somehow bloom still rubs off on Tampa Bay because they're competitive every year. And yeah. then the Yankees are the Yankees. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: Toronto made some questionable moves, but they were also very good last year. Yeah. And listen, Baltimore's on the up and up. There's yeah. no way to say it. Uh they offered some bigger guys. I know that they were in on Korea
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: to a certain extent. Now I'm not gonna say they were offering them 315 and yeah. 328 million dollars, right. but yeah, you know, they're starting to to see the prospects come to fruition. Adley Rutschman was runner-up in the in the uh, Cy Young. He's a catcher in the Rookie of the Year uh, voting last year, and Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: it's the the AL East is starting to just get tougher, and Bloom is going to have to realize that. Listen, I'm a proponent for trading Sale because you know I think you've gotten all you can get you can get all out of him. You've seen his his career trajectory since when they won the World Series. What was that in seventeen?
0: 2018 yeah
1: 2018 yep 2018 you know ever since then it's been downhill so you want to try to sell them now where Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to do a fire sale deadline you want to be able to get something that can help you compete so it's it's just a such a weird time and kind of like uncharted waters for the city of boston and i kind of not to this extreme uh, content but you saw to extent excuse me but you know you could speak on it better than me but like when Brady left for Tampa yeah it's it, it was a very weird time right and I think that's what it's very comparable to what's going on with the Red Sox right now it's kind yeah. of like well year in and year out the Red Sox are used to having a competitive team 85 90 wins on the on the low side yeah. so it's it, it's definitely a very weird time that fans aren't gonna aren't used to and aren't very Going to take very kindly to either. So,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Yeah, you know the fans here. I mean, they don't really tolerate losing for a for a long period of time. So, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's it's again. That's what you said. It's a winning culture every every time. You know, everywhere you look, the bees are in the playoffs. The reds, you know the the Celtics are in the playoffs. No matter what's going on, Boston's always in it. Right, and and for the Red Sox not to be, especially their success over the last 20 years, it's yeah. surprising a bit,
0: you know? Yeah, I almost think that, you know, and I'm probably, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I almost feel like, you know, ownership was comfortable bringing in Bloom because, hey, we've won four world championships, you know, we've we've had our success, and it's like, uh, well, I, I, I don't want ownership that thinks that way, like you want an ownership that's going to want to try to win every single year. And it doesn't really seem like that's the number one priority for that. It doesn't
1: feel that way. And when right. you're in a big market and you're getting, right. you're getting treated, you're getting
0: treated like the
1: reds. It's not, it's not yeah. a good feeling.
0: Yeah. Um, any are there are there, I'm not, I've admittedly not done a great job of keeping track of uh, remaining free agents, but there, are there any players that are out there right now that are you're, surprised that they've not been signed yet
1: uh nathan avaldi um you know you saw guys like um you saw guys like jose quintana come off the board mm-hmm. um kodai sanga come off the board now what i put those guys ahead of avaldi track record wise and health wise yeah um but there's names that are got like avaldi was just a couple of years ago where just night in and night out dealing for the Red Sox and really kept them in, in back in 20, you know, in 2021 on the run that they went on. So he's been a guy that I'm shocked is, is a free agent as well. I'm, I'm not expecting him to make millions upon millions of dollars. um, Cause he's on the backside of his career. He's 32 with a plethora of arm issues over the years. So he's going to be a guy that if can stay on the field can lock innings, but it's a question of, is he looking for his last big contract, or is he looking for uh, to compete?
0: Right. You, know, you can
1: go make twenty million dollars and and pitch in Miami for the next five years and be good, right? But if you want to take a cut and go win, right. then so be it, you know. And another guy to me is Gene Segura, and I know that name won't really pop off the screen for guys, but you know, watching him as much as I did with the Phillies. He's a Met killer and can just hit, like yeah. downright can hit and get on base. Mm. A guy that I think can play second base at a, at a high level. Um, he used to be a, a shortstop, but he's aged. I feel like he's been around forever, but Segura yeah. is only 32. He's going to turn 33 um, in February. You know, it just – those two guys are names that like, okay, the upper echelon of free agents are gone in terms of, you know, the Verlanders and the Rodons of the world, the DeGroms of the world. So those are two names that you kind of expect to go at one point or another, and they just haven't. I don't know why, but two guys that I think could sign and be beneficial to a team that's not going to win. Mm -hmm.
0: Are there any teams that you felt like kind of should have been more active? I mean, I think you mentioned Texas.
1: Well, Texas is one of them. Texas didn't spend enough outside. Well, I shouldn't say they didn't spend enough because they spent about quick math, about 200 and change on Andrew Haney and DeGrom, but their offense is just so lackluster. You don't want, you're looking to try to win 2-1 games all the time. It's not going to work. It's just not a sustainable you know, work form, I guess, is the term I'm looking for. Them and and, you know, the Giants, unfortunately, you know, you're looking at them signing Aaron Judge was a Yankee or was it was a giant technically. And then, well, hypothetically, almost. And then Correa was a giant, like signed an agreement, uh, signed an agreement, didn't sign his contract, but signed an agreement form mm-hmm. and and was waiting to do his, do his press conference. And it got pulled out from under him. So, The Giants, yeah, they signed Michael Conforto, they signed Mitch Haniger, but they weren't able to land any of the big fish that could help them compete in a stacked NL West. You know, you got the Padres, you got the Dodgers, as always. So the Giants, too, kind of a stroke of bad luck, but also put all their eggs in a couple baskets and didn't. It just didn't work out for them. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, it is definitely has been interesting the first you know couple weeks or you know month of free agency and you know as you said there's still uh a little bit of time before pitchers and catchers report um but any other anything else that you wanted to mention about the the offseason so far
1: not not for me really um it's been exciting from on my end Mm. i've never seen a team spend $819 million in the span of a month, but it's been talent. It's been surprising it, what it's also done for the secondary market, meaning the other teams, like the contracts that are being given out. Andrew Haney's good, but he's not worth $63 million in my opinion over the four years he got. So, you know, guys are from the spending that teams like the Padres and the Phillies and the and the Mets have done this offseason. the Yankees as well. Um, you're seeing teams like the Cubs really get involved um, bringing in Swanson at the number that they did bringing in Haney at the number that they did and being able to kind of get back to where they were a couple of years ago. Um, but the market in general is so inflated. It's crazy. You know, guys, as you're getting handed out contracts that you wouldn't even dream of the last five years ago, you know, you always had a couple of the big ones like the A-Rods of the world and, you know, the big money deals that have always come out. And you're like, Oh my goodness. But that's become more commonplace over the last fully uh, last couple of years. But this offseason, just for like B-level players is a bit scary.
0: Yeah, it is funny. I feel like I, I liken it to, in nba offseason a number of years ago where it was like everyone was getting paid and even players that were just kind of average were getting the to pay Mozgov contract exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking about um, but yeah it certainly has been interesting to watch but you know as you said it's definitely been a it's definitely been kind of strange as a red sox fan just having to kind of get used to not throwing out you know money to everyone now i mean i think not every single big money contract has worked out. You know, it's not like they were throwing out all these contracts to guys and they stayed. I mean, you look at guys that were bad contracts, like Sandoval, Bruce Castillo, as you mentioned. So, Ramirez, Ramirez, yeah. So, you know, it's not always going to work out, but I think that, yeah, it's definitely been kind of a, it's kind of been a little bit of a shock to some people as, you
1: know, here's the alarming thing. Kind of, we were talking about Tampa Bay and, and, the Boston comparison, they paid Zach Eflin, I think like $46 million. The Rays did that's their highest uh, paid free agent signing in franchise history. Hmm. Like that's less than what Andrew Haney got, <laughs> you know, we're just throwing out another name, but yeah. it, it's that's where the Red Sox are. Like I was surprised they signed Jansen to the number that they did. Hmm. Um, they, I, I think they gave him 32 over two years. So, 18 million a year, I think that's steep for what he's worth. Yeah. Cause he's not what he was six years ago in, in LA, but he's still very good, you know. But just the terms they're giving out there, I mean, what Justin Turner's getting 12 million a year, is it? Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not a high number. They're not giving out long, a long term and B, big time contracts anymore. It's just they're in a spot where it's like, what's going this isn't what we're used
0: to mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and i think still clearly as you said there's still a lot of work to do um but obviously with the off season still kind of in its early early stages you know we'll i'd see say middle happens. stages middle stages yeah. yeah we'll see what happens the the rest of the way i think as you said i'm not i am personally I'm also not wild about trevor story at shortstop i think i'd prefer them just Keep him at second, but you know, who knows? You don't have
1: anybody now. I mean, that's just that, that is what it is. Downs is gone. You know, yeah. Zue Lin's playing indie ball, so you don't have him anymore. It, it's like you, you have, it's not about not having anybody, it's that they don't want to go out and get anybody. Hmm. And granted, the contract Xander got little, I'm not going to say a bad deal. Um, but in the long term, it's not going to be a good one when you start hitting years seven, eight, and nine. But that's not their their focus now. Their focus is to win the next couple years because Machado's gonna opt out at the end of this year. Um, I believe Soto's a free agent at the end of next year. So San Diego's trying to win now, but the the number that the dot the uh socks gave offered to Bogarts is just my insulting is the wrong word, but disappointing, I think is the better. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 We could definitely sit here and talk about that for another, you know, two hours, but uh, it was great talking to the Eric, you know, it's always great to catch up on uh, MLB off season. And we'll certainly, you know, have you back as spring training uh, kicks in.
1: Thank you, brother. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, next time we talk is a Met. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right. Well, before we go, any, anything that you want to plug? Yeah. Twitter,
1: uh, Eric underscore belly 21 B E L Y E A. Um, I'm writing for a great website, the apple. Um, my buddy, Tim runs it. Great guy. Um, fun platform and subscribe to the, to the, to the newsletter and your emails, uh, subscribe to their podcast. Um, a great place where you're able to just write in free form and express yourself and it's, it's been fun getting behind the computer again and yeah, follow me for that stuff. And I I think Garrett will agree. I'm a little humorous on Twitter at times, so you'll get, you'll get a good chuckle if you follow me as well. All
0: right. Well, great having you on Eric and happy holidays. Happy new year. You know, next time I'll be uh, with you folks, the listeners, it'll be 2023. So uh, great talking to the Eric and uh, yeah, folks, we'll be back with you next, next week in 2023.